Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the TakeCast. My name is Davis Maddock. You guys can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. In this episode of the show, I'm joined by my buddy, Ricky D. You probably uh, would know his name from seeing him in the DFS streets. He has won the Millionaire Maker and has been a, a high-stakes DFS professional for a long time. He's also a big fan of the Swolecast, which is how I was able to convince him to come on to the show, we had a, a really long and I think I think interesting talk about, you know, what gambling does to the brain, how gambling is interact with our lives, and you know, finding meaning and joy and happiness out of the the activity of you know gambling, playing poker, DFS, sports betting, all of all of these things. And I I thought it was good. I thought it was interesting. And generally speaking, you guys have um, positively responded to shows where we, we really get into the meat and potatoes of what it's like uh, to gamble as much as, as all of us do. So I hope that you guys enjoy it. If you want to support the show, you can get bonus episodes on patreon.com slash takecast, or you can just leave a rating or review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Now let's go ahead and get into the show. All right, everyone. Welcoming in I mean, we'll say we'll say professional DFS player, professional gambler, or at least longtime very serious gambler, uh, Ricky D into the show. You probably don't follow him on Twitter. That's on that's on purpose. But he has definitely laughed at your bad <laughs> tweets before. Uh, longtime longtime fan of the Swolecast and uh, longtime oh yeah very serious gambler. Uh, thanks for thanks for coming on the show. I I wanted you to come on the show a long time ago. And you told me to fuck off, yeah. and then you did, you did the show with Peter and with Brick, and I'm just yeah. like, what the yeah. hell? Well, you know, for a long time, I had this weird, like, inner struggle with doing these types of shows because I've sort of been, like, an anti-tout guy. Like, I, I, I've sort of been clowning on the industry in general for a long time. And I also didn't really feel like I had anything, like, really super meaningful to say, or at least something meaningful that I wanted to share. Like, you know, other than, like, you know, play low own quarterbacks or something like I didn't really have like a lot. I felt like I really wanted to get out there, but like up until recently, I, like with all the pandemic stuff and it's really kind of made you kind of forced to reevaluate a lot of like what you're doing with your life and gambling and all that. Um, so I feel like I finally have something, you know, actually somewhat meaningful, at least meaningful to me to say, and I'm much more comfortable. I'm also much more comfortable with like the whole touting industry. And I think I was looking at it from too far of a negative lens. And so I kind of want to make peace with the industry as well a little bit. So I'm making my rounds here. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad to see you. I'm glad to see you making your rounds. I'm glad to see, uh, yeah. you know, like, so as, as someone who has, I, I have been touting, as it were, I've been working yeah. for DFS sites for shit. I'm 28 now, like literally almost, almost 10 well, years, like long this time. Is what I wanted, I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to say something really quick. Like I actually, it's hard for me to believe like, like that I'm doing this show with you right now, because like I've been big, you know, aware of you for those 10 years. Like I worked back in Chicago with a bunch of, you know, now DFS players like uh, Andrew Wiggins, Taylor KB. Um, and I remember even talking about you in the office and we'd be like, who's this fucking Davis guy? Like, he's this like kind of loudmouth kid. He's got these really bad takes. He's kind of like a mini Skip Bayless. And like, <laughs> we were always like, I, I was always like, why is he like, you know, but like, why is he a thing? And then like, all of a sudden you, you kind of really evolved your, like, I, I give you a lot of credit for where you've gotten in terms of, 
you know, you really turn into like a sharp guy. I, I think you've 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 gone from someone who sort of just said kind of outrageous, sort of un you know uninformed takes. I would say to like someone who's really like surrounded himself with some intelligent people, got a really good understanding of like what's going on with gambling. And I think you've morphed into that perfect balance of like, you know, you know how to like really kind of get some, you know, T-A-K-E-K-E-S out there takes, but like also something sharp and meaningful to say. And I, I love that balance you've sort of created for yourself. And I'm happy to be here because of it. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're here. I mean, a lot of a lot of the credit for me becoming better at gambling, better at DFS, figuring these things out. I mean, I, I should make it clear. I've always been a winning DFS player, even when yeah, yeah, even yeah. when I, I even 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 when I sounded like an idiot. And I mean, part of that just was right, the yeah. games were so soft. And I, I and again, I, mm. I won't hide from the fact I, I I've had. Uh, losing stretches. I'm actually in the middle of just a, a brutal downswing right now. The European yeah. Championships were were not kind, but I, I got to give a lot of credit to my friends, Michael Leone, Drew Dinkmeyer, yeah. uh, Colin yeah. Drew. Those guys uh, have have done a ton to help me, teach me. Um, you know, and 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 lots of guys in fantasy football too have given me a lot of time. You know, Evan Silva, yeah. JJ Zacharyson. Uh, Rich Rebar, all these guys have, have taught me and, and talked with me along the way. So I, I got to give those guys um, a lot of credit. And then, you know, I just, I just, because I am a naturally, I, I want to learn in general. I just read a yeah. lot about, cause, cause I, not about math, but about like thinking, right. I let, I read um, a lot of like yeah. philosophy books. I read all of Taleb's books and everything. And I, and I, that sounds, it's so douchey to say those things, but it, you, you learn how to think about what you're actually doing in gambling more than like, who's going to hit a home run, JD Martinez or Cedric Mullins. Right. Yeah. Cause I think that's how everyone gets into it. Right. Like they're like sports. Everyone's like, well, you know, I think I'm good at predicting the outcomes here. And then yeah, like that's what sort of like is the hook. And then you go down the rabbit hole of what actually makes you a good gambler, what where edges are actually created. Um, and it's just uh, you, you can lose yourself in that whole world. And that's sort of what I want to get into here today is like what it means to be good at gambling, what it means to live that lifestyle and what it actually like the sort of traps that I've sort of started to um, recognize as after living you know, I've been living this like sort of high intensity. I, I, I find a lot of it's very dopamine driven, you know, like um, sort of an addiction to dopamine, like in terms of it's not just gambling on sports. It's, you know, you add in gambling on crypto and gambling on NFTs and, and but it's all the same skill set and same skill trees. And it's all distilled down to like what you're getting. I wanted to distill what you're getting out of all these things and where it leads. And, um, and yeah, you, you definitely nailed it there that there's a lot more to it than just predicting, you know, who's going to score a touchdown this week or whatever. So, um, but yeah, I think the pandemic really um, forced us all to like, sort of start to think about what it is that we're doing with our lives here. And um, I don't know, did you find like, where, do you find it odd that like when the pandemic started, like everyone was so desperate to just replace DFS or whatever gambling they were doing with like some new form of that, like League of Legends, or they had to get into NFTs or like, you know what I mean? Like, did you find that strange or did you just find that like, that's what we should be doing? 
I mean, I, I don't think I found it strange because I think that's a very human impulse. We are, we, we are so used to our routines, right? Like I know my routine every day. I, I wake up, I check my email, I claim my crowns on DraftKings. I fulfill my mission for the day. Like I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there, like I, I take my dogs out and I'm, I'm doing these things on, on my phone on DraftKings. And I'm during the pandemic for at least, I, I don't remember exactly, it all gets kind of fuzzy, but I feel like for at least like a month, we were still trying to figure out like, oh, well, is it League of Legends? Do, the, do we have League of MX happening? Or like, what right. are we going to bet on the match? Is Bale's going to be doing the push-ups? And certainly that right. is the sign of like, uh, like an unhealthy brain, to be sure. Like that is a brain that is wired yeah. for constant dopamine well, drip. Right. And, and, and like, I, get, I agree that there's, it's not surprising that we all sort of gravitated to the thing that we know and we're good at. And the thing with gambling, I found like from talking to people and there's sort of like this like theme or like that, like there's this sort of rule in gambling that like once you are established, it's very hard to get out. It's like any like it's like sort of like any like almost black market activity that it's like you can't ever like really leave because when you develop this skill set for being a good gambler, um, you know, it, it's that skill set's very it's a difficult skill set to develop fully and you start to like look at everything as just like cost benefit analysis of like opportunity cost. And it's like, well, I could easily just apply this skill to this thing and, and, and create more dollars per hour in my life. Right. And then it's like, wh where does that stop? Like, I see you, you're a good example of someone who like, I'm always amazed at how much you get done. Like you, you seem to be gambling on every possible sport. Um, you do this, this Twitter and like social media account, like you have like a job, but you're also managing this like social media profile. And it's like, it seems like a full time, like your life is full time focused on like this gambling lifestyle. Right. And I just wonder, is this a, like, is this, this is a good way to make money for sure. But is this something that like you ever worry about in terms of like, well, is this going anywhere healthy? Is, this, is there something to worry about adding additional layers of, you know, gambling exposure? Well, my my thing is I just really set boundaries for myself. And like, this is, I, the, the biggest thing is I do not watch a ton of games. Like, look, if we're just, if we're just going to be yeah. real about this, I am not watching uh, uh, six, I'm not watching uh, Sixers nets on February 10th at, at, uh, you know, 8 45 PM. Like I'm done. I'm out once one lineups are good. Late swap is done. I I've got all that taken care of. I I'm just not. And do I, do I miss out on some things? Do I miss out on latent information that I could be getting? Sure. I mean, there are, there are like, you know, rotational patterns or like, Oh, this guy gets in foul trouble against this guy. Um, but also DFS and gambling is not my primary source of income. It, it helps. It's nice to have that money. Right. But like if, for example, this year, 2021, if I, if, if at the end it all comes out in the wash and I lost money playing DFS or gambling yeah. this year, I'm, I'm still going to have a house. I'm still going to have a job. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe that, maybe that makes my takes worse. Maybe that, maybe that makes people take my advice less, but I, I, I would say I would have, more skin in the game than like your average uh, DFS tout or whatever, because just because I've been playing for so long and that's just kind of how it's, it's worked for me. And also um, I like, I have gotten very good at compartmentalizing. Like if I, like, for example, like if I had a baseball lineup live right now, 
I wouldn't, I wouldn't be checking. I wouldn't be sweating. I wouldn't be checking the scores. Uh, there is no baseball happening today when we are recording this, but the, I would only, I would only log in. Like if I needed to, like if, if someone pinged me on Slack and was like, Oh, you, your, your team looks good. Then maybe I would turn the yeah. game on. But like that, that is a huge thing, which sounds so counterintuitive. Like, Oh, I love sports. Shouldn't you want to be watching these sports yeah. all the time? But it's like, I don't, I would not have time to put all the time in to doing my job, doing social media and to, to partake in all the games. Yeah. It seems like I always look at you and, and guys like you, I'm like, God damn, like it's exhausting enough being a full-time DFS player. And then like, I kind of avoided some of the new newer stuff, like uh, the NFTs and the, some of the, I'm into crypto a bit, but like the DeFi stuff, like I, I sort of made a line in the sand. Like I, 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 I need to get like less of this stuff in my life. And then, but like I see someone like you who've added more and then you've got this whole other layer of, you know, your job and, and, and touting and, and everything else that it seems like, like, but it sounds like you've, you've sort of developed a little bit of a system to like prevent yourself from going too deep, which is great. Um, yeah. Cause like myself, like I am so obsessive with this type of stuff that like, I, you know, I, if I watch one game then I can't turn it off like the entire night, like I'm just, I'm super addicted to like just watching it to the completion from beginning to end. And it's all about that dopamine. I'm pretty convinced. So, so that's actually a great point. If, if tonight I was like, you know what? Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to watch the finals and you know what, since I'm going to watch the finals anyway, um, I'll, I'll put on the, the soccer game on my phone, right? Cause there, there is CONCACAF gold cup going on with like $2,000 to first on DraftKings or whatever. And it's like, well, once I'm there, well, it's like, well, you know, I'm up. My girlfriend, she went to bed. She has to get up and work in the morning. I'm up. Uh, well, I'm, I should play some poker if I'm up. Like I, I got, I got the computer. Right. And so, it, and it just starts going and going and going. And I'm like, I can't do that. Cause during the, well, right. it's interesting you bring it up. Cause during the pandemic, that is kind of what yeah. I was doing. Cause it's like, you know, I, I had, my work was weird during the pandemic. Um, like my work didn't change a ton, but it was like, I didn't have anything to do outside of working. Like, it's not like I had social shit to go do. It's like, I, so I just had a lot of time. I was playing a lot. I was playing a lot of poker, um, you know, and, and was sweating crypto a lot. This is, this is probably the biggest secret. Uh, I do. I don't sweat crypto at all. I don't check the price. I don't even, unless you don't anymore. I I used to uh, obsessively check the price. The only time I will check the price now is if one of my friends texts me like, oh, X, Y, and Z is it's way up or it's way down. Um, But yeah, during, during the pandemic, I was checking the price a lot. I got into all these horrible, horrible habits during the pandemic. And I I did, I did these bets with Peter uh, Overzet and with David Kitchen because I realized I was in such a bad place. This is exactly, I have, I brought up some notes today and like, I really, I think the pandemic was like the most, I don't know, like it's the most interesting thing that's, that's happened to me. Obviously it's very, you know, unique, but it really forced us all to, I I know me personally, like reevaluate the reasons why I was doing anything. Like when I was about to take up a new activity, like let's say NFTs, I'm like, okay, well, what do I really want out of this? You know, you know, what am I, what's my motivation for getting involved in this? Do I just want to make more money? Is it actually is it intri- tri- intrinsically interesting to me? Um, you know, and I, I sort of, to really break those things down. 
And I started to look at the things I was really enjoying when I was on the, in the pandemic at some of the things that I most, like I went to Millie Maker last year, right? And like, it was like not even the top 10 most interesting thing that happened to me. Like I would put like something like building a chicken coop with my bare hands or like setting up this like irrigation system on my property or like just things that like were so radically different than what I was sort of getting conditioned to do with my day-to-day life. And I was going to ask you because I know that you, you went through all these challenges like uh, reading and lo- losing weight and, uh, you know, doing meditation and you could probably from the same place that you recognize that there was some kind of worrisome trends that were developing in your life in terms of how much time you were devoting to gambling and, 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 and anything unhealthy. And you wanted to sort of shock your system. And now we have the opportunity to, to do so. Um, and I wanted to ask you sort of like at the end of the day, because I, I know you did a lot of new gambling type things, which what do you think in the past year was like your your sort of more satisfying activities that you did? Well, I started skateboarding again. I, I grew, I grew yeah. up skateboarding. It was like my all time. It was so fun. I loved it. I skateboarded yeah. every day with my friends from like age 12 to like age 18. It was all I did. Yeah. It was all I cared about. Awesome. And nice. then I went, I went to college and none of my friends went to college. None of like literally not one of my skateboarding friends went yeah. to college. And so I stopped. I basically, I basically stopped relatively cold Turkey and I always had a board. I would always roll around and stuff, but I, I didn't really seriously do it for like basically a decade. And kind of in like October, November, tail end of the pandemic, I was like, well, and I was doing that, the weight loss bet with Dave, but like, I didn't, I didn't want to go to the gym. Um, cause am I, I, you know, hadn't been vaccinated, hadn't been vaccinated yet or anything. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to start going skateboarding again. Like, I'm just going to go out and start skateboarding again. And I, it's like the, I mean, everyone has like their thing. Like some people love running. Some people, I really enjoy golfing, um, you know, fo- football, soccer, what, everyone has their thing. But like skateboarding to me is like breathing air. Like it's the your most. First, your, true, your first true love. Yeah. 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 And, and getting back to that, I mean, like, I don't want it like the pandemic influenced many people and some people had good ways, some people in good ways, but like getting back to that and doing that is like, I feel so much more like myself now as a result oh. of that than I have for a long time. That's great. I mean, I really love to hear that because that's sort of my mission statement that I've gone from like, from this that I've learned from this pandemic. And I'm really trying to like, it's kind of why I'm here. And I'm trying to get this, like, trying to talk this message out about like really rediscovering what it means like to live and like what it is like that we're getting out of gambling and what we want out of our lives and all these like sort of really big questions. And I was almost really depressed, but to see like a lot of my friends and people in the gambling industry just like so quickly say, okay, I'm going to become a stock trader now. Oh, I'm going to become a crypto trader. Oh, I'm going to become, going to devote my life to NFTs. And it's, it's all the same exact like things we were all doing. And, And that's not necessarily inherently bad if you are really honest with what you're getting out of it. But like, I think it was a real waste of time to not at least explore other alternatives. And like, I think it's a really great gift that or like a really good benefit to yourself that you went down that path of re-self-discovery. And I mean, that's sort of my, my main mantra these days is, is finding those types of things that really make us feel like the human that we once were. Cause I feel right. like all this stuff, this stuff is so insidious gambling and, 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 and just being on social media and everything. It, it kind of 
traps you into this level of comfort that you get used to and you totally for it separates your, yourself from like who you were or you know what i mean and it's like i really am fascinated by that like that trap i guess and like i'm just like that's why i'm here just trying to talk it out and trying to figure out where we can go from here no you're right it does it does become very insidious because it happens so slowly like you you don't you yeah. don't necessarily realize you're like wow the the only real dopamine drip I got today was from like seeing the green on my DraftKings app or, or whatever. Yeah. And right. you know, the, yeah. the, the NFT stuff and the top shot stuff was very similar though. I, I, I yeah. guess I kind of count myself both lucky and unlucky with the NFT stuff. Like I, obviously I got lucky getting in early on top shot, yeah. but like I top shot actually did make me happy outside of like the money. Like it was cool to me to yeah. have these things. And I bought a bunch of sports cards, all of which are, you know, not worth anything now. Cause I bought them at the, the total tippy top of the market, the yeah, but like, right. that was cool. Cause I, I like, I like to collect stuff. Like I have a bunch of junk here in my yeah. basement. Like I enjoy that. And then right. I, you know, I'd missed out on a lot of the other, I've missed out on a lot of the cool NFT trading, you know, the, the, the board apes or whatever, but because yeah. I made sort of along the lines of what you're saying, that just sparked, none of that sparked any joy to me. Like getting on OpenSea yeah. and looking at these, no joy. Didn't I didn't think it was cool. Didn't yeah. make me happy. I just was like, so whatever. If I miss out on some theoretical yeah. Ethereum, then whatever. Like that's fine. But that's hard for a lot of people. Yeah, and I think yeah, because a lot of people are like very, and I'm not like I think it's very easy to like just associate whatever the activity is with the money you're making and sort of combine those two things. And I have been become obsessed with like distilling the difference between the activity versus the money that's involved right and like i've always i've been trying to break it down with dfs because i still play dfs very heavily high stakes games and everything i'm like what do i really even enjoy out of this like i i really love sports i've always loved statistics i love and then there's the whole process of like getting better at something that is is always like rewarding that's kind of what gambling gives you and another big thing that you get from gambling is just that like sort of independent you're like a little guy in a spaceship, like cruising through the universe. Like you, you don't really know where it's going. You're, you're, you're creating your own like path. Right. And there's something very, very valuable about that spirit. And so I want to like maintain that in everything I do. And that's why I'm still like doing gambling and, and DFS stuff. But there is a time where it becomes like, if the, if, if you're not, if you're just going to do that, like anything without really regarding the actual intrinsic activity, like, like you said, you looked at these new board apes things. You're like, I just, I, even if you could make money doing it, it's just, it's not something that interests you. And I think that's a very uh, important distinction that we all need to take a step back every time and 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 really reevaluate. Yeah, and and so while you were talking, I I did just think of one thing in my head, which is I think that I would still play in DFS contests for no money or for like really low amounts mm -hmm. of money. Cause like, I yeah. think it's so like, maybe, maybe not for like NBA. Cause like weirdly enough, I get very little joy out of NBA daily fantasy. Cause the, the games are so hard and the edges it's are so thin. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's yeah. just such yeah. an absurd grind, but like baseball, I think I still would. I mean, fan, and, and, and even more than that, like season long fantasy football. Like, I mean, that yeah, is, yeah. that is my, like, I just love it. It makes like, that makes me feel like a kid again. Cause I just love it so much. Are you talking like with your buddies or are you just talking like, like those uh, best balls and shit? 
So I, I have a literally like a hundred dollar home league with my friends from, from college that like, I, I sweat that harder than thousands and thousands of dollars of equity in, in these other teams. Cause it's just like, that is fun, dude. That is so fun for me. Yeah. It's so true. Like I have the exact same thing, a $200 league with my buddies from like high school that I go to the lot. We, we create this huge party every year, live draft. We get all pumped up. Like the money is completely meaningless, but it's like literally the thing I care about the most. And all these little like mo- moments where you notice that you're caring about something that like either costing you money or that you're getting no money out of it. I think that's what we need to focus on as like, as people, <laughs> as humans, in order to really figure out what, you know, how we can move forward and, and find the most joy out of life. And I think I'm really happy to hear that, like you, cause I was sort of like, I, every time, like that's, that's kind of the problem of like seeing people through the lens of like their social media profile or whatever. Like it's hard to really get to know like what they're actually all about. Cause, and so I'm just, I'm happy to hear that. Like you are sort of like on that journey yourself. It sounds like in terms of like really like figuring out what it's all about. Well, cause I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of right at that age, right? I'm, I'm 28. I just bought a house. I am yeah. probably going to get married within the next couple years. Like pro- so probably going to yeah. be making all those decisions like kids, marriage and all those things. And that's kind of, I think that's kind of a natural time to like take a step back and be like, well, are you really happy? Like, are you really happy with all of your choices? And like, I'm, of course, I'm not happy with all my choices. Of course, there are things I would change about myself or about my life or about my, my daily routine. And and actually my, um, so I have a, I have a St. Bernard that we rescued who got cancer and we had to, we had to amputate her leg, which just kind of has me thinking about like, you know, mortality and things like that. And like the impact that, uh, other people have on you that you have on other people. And it's just, uh, yeah. And, and gambling does tie into all of this though, because gambling doesn't benefit anyone but yourself. So there's right. kind of always that, that ethical question of like, is this even a good oh. way to be making a living? Right. It's not even, it's, I, it's not the sad part. Well, this is, how, this is maybe a negative take on it, but it's not even that it doesn't help anyone but yourself. It actually is a like logically a net negative to like the world because basically yeah in order for you to succeed, someone else has to lose, right? So like you're literally taking from the world for your own benefit. And not to mention, it's like the loneliest, saddest existence because you're just sitting there. Well, it depends how you look at the, like how being alone is, but like if there's so much alone time and, and like going through downswings, like you said you're on, is very like difficult um, mentally to go through. And I, I sort of brought this up on another podcast I just did with Peter and, uh, and uh, Brick, um, that, um, that like gambling, I, I, me and like Taylor, uh, KB and, and, uh, Andrew Wiggins, we came up with this, like this term, like gambling CTE, like basically this idea that the more and more gambling you have in your life and I'm 40. So I, and I've been doing this like with poker and like, and, and, and DFS for like close to like 25 years, like, well, no, 15 years, um, since I was in my early twenties. And so like, the, the amount of like CTE that like is built up in your head from going through all these massive downswings, sweating your, your, you know, your, your lineups, you know, go and just, you know, and being by yourself and trying to deal with all this mental anguish is like, it's like this level of stress. That's like very like unparalleled. I, I, I believe in terms of like a real job or like what most like sort of lifestyles are and it's a very unhealthy. And so there's like, it, and then for me, from my perspective, I've done it a little bit longer and 
I, I really just want to make sure I don't do it like any long, like I don't want to continue down this path without re like without evaluating exactly the risk and the rewards that I'm getting from this whole process. I mean, I'll tell you nothing in nothing in my job for for sports grid. Nothing is as stressful as DFS is. Like, I mean, even yeah. even like uh, like updating the projections on a Sunday morning when like a running back is ruled out, and you got people in Slack like, "Oh, why this guy's the, are the projections updated? Ownership looks wrong." Yeah, like, I mean, sure, that's that's like yeah. some stress, and you know, there are days there are days when it's not like the most amazing job in the world where you're like, you know, whatever, like but not nothing is like DFS or, or like uh 50% of your net worth getting wiped out because, because Elon oh. Musk tweeted like no, that no, is, that, that drove me that, insane. That drove me insane. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean that, that like, time so, frame. Uh, so, so yeah. while we're talking about depression, that time frame, yeah. right. I literally yeah. spent $50,000 cash on a down payment for yeah. a house the same week that crypto got wiped out, like 40%. Like I, nice. I, I lost nice. like equity building up in my life since I was 18 years old. And like, it's just all getting wiped out in like a week. And, but yeah. I think gambling helped me have a more natural, yeah. non-depressive reaction to that because I was like, easy come, You've easy go. That. Exactly. That's, I mean, I was just about to say that us gamblers, like as much as we like, live this like sort of mental like this the stress levels are extremely high we become conditioned to these swings I, I said the exact same thing like you know x percentage of my about my net worth got wiped out I'm, I'm big into crypto too um got wiped out because fucking elon musk tweets you know a stew you know whatever and you're like well that's the same thing as being in first place in the millie maker and you get some bullshit 80 yard touchdown by derrick henry that wipes you out it's like literally the exact same feeling right so um, you know, in some way we have, it's like almost like a superpower to have that sort of built up, like, you know, defense. And I think that's one thing that like when the pandemic came around, I was like, well, we're kind of like, we've been living like that lifestyle that a lot of people had to get accustomed to for a long time. Anyways, like we are as gamblers, we live inside by ourselves. We, you know, we, uh, we have to like figure out how to like, live life without like a lot of external influences a lot of the time and like a lot of these people like that we're like ahead of the curve in that regard like you know we're going to come out of the pandemic like way more mentally capable of of moving forward than most people who had to really like it was a shock to their system right and like so i think a lot of the things that gambling does to you and trains you for these like drastic swings in your emotions um and like lifestyles is maybe not the most healthy, but it's, it's very, um, it's going to like prepare you for the worst and it's going to make you a successful person. Well, people talk about being numb, like it's bad. Yeah. Right? right. But I, so yeah. I've done, I've done a, I've done a lot of reading in my life and I've read a ton of yeah. Eastern philosophy and I'm, I'm really into Buddhism. Like I've, I've read like a lot of the, a lot of, you know, Buddha's original like things that, that still exist and like also like basic yeah. Buddhism stuff for like, a, you know, trying to teach a, an idiot Westerner about what it's all about. And kind of the, the idea is like, nothing should ever get you too high and nothing should ever get you too low. Yeah. Like, it's kind of just all about going with the flow, whatever that is in the universe is what it should be. 
And in a very weird, sick and twisted way, gambling in the, the most unhealthy and not natural way actually gets your brain to that meditative state where it's like, I've done what I can do. I've put my energy and action into X, Y, and Z. And whatever the result is, is devoid of what I have done. The result is going to be what it is because I have no control over the result. I've done everything that I can do in this poker hand. I've done everything that I can do in this DFS contest. And then whatever ends up happening at the end of the day is just what's going to happen. And, and that's not on me either way. Yeah. I think that there's one little caveat there. Like sometimes you can get lost in the sort of, you know, what are you really capable of controlling? You know, when gambling, like, yeah, it's one thing to say that, you know, you put your best hand forward and all that. But then sometimes if you're really honest with yourself, you say, well, I missed that. And you see someone else, especially in DFS, because it's like, you can see what everyone else is doing. You're like, holy shit, that guy played that quarterback. Like, why do you do that? He's a really good player. And then, so you start to like wonder, did I make a mistake? You know, you start to get like these layers of like self-criticism that, you know, to become that like sort of Zen Buddhist state of gambling, you're kind of at odds with that, like that, like internal, like self-criticism to where is the limits of yourself, you know, like what you're capable of. And um, it's one of those things that like in order to become like an extremely successful gambler, you almost need to be like not content, right? Like you always have to be at odds with yourself and like sort of not you know comfortable with this idea that like everything is just like working its way out and i, I know some people who are like much more in tune with like oh well i did my best and like they, they don't care about results at all and they they sort of like let it happen and i personally am the person who's really struggled with like with what you're saying there of like of being at peace with sort of what you put out there yeah. Well, I mean, I, so I am definitely different in that way because I don't, don't want to be the best DFS player in the world, but don't even think that's really possible for me. Like I am limited in terms of like what I can do with modeling and mathematics. Like I think if you wanted to be truly the best DFS player right now, you would need to have a really great understanding of simulations and you would need to have like, you know, we say these things all the time, like, oh, play this guy for leverage because he's less owned than this guy. But really, if you were really the best, you would actually be able to determine what a guy should be owned. Like, like Russell Wilson should be 14% owned. So if he's not, I need to play X percent of him. And I should also, the math indicates I should play him double stack this percentage of the time, single stack this percentage of the time. And that is so far beyond my, not even my capabilities like like with the computer, like maybe I could figure all that out, but I wouldn't even have the intuitive brain to be able to figure out, to put into the computer what I would want it to spit out. So like, I'm comfortable saying I'm not the best DFS player in the world and I don't want to be. Yeah, it's weird because like, I never really set out to do that either. Like I, I came into this DFS world from poker and like I got into DFS basically as early as humanly possible, like, uh, Taylor and and, uh, and Andrew um, and I started this like uh, competing website to DraftKings before DraftKings even existed. It was just FanDuel and um, and uh, and Draft Street actually were the only two really. And we were we we got in there really early and like we had no idea where the industry was going. And um, you know DraftKings really showed 
taught us a really valuable lesson in terms of like, oh shit, like these guys came to play, you know, like we didn't like have this grandiose, holy shit, like it's going to be ubiquitous, like Millie Makers and like everyone's going to know what DFS was. We thought it was going to be like a niche thing. But anyways, the reason I was saying that is because like I got into it like real early and I think I got lucky in, in the sense that we sort of developed this like early knowledge base that like I just kept going with, right? Like, and now like, I, um, you know, it's weird that that's how, that's how it sometimes happens. Like I, I probably come from a very similar background to you. Like I don't have a strong math background. I don't have a strong, um, like computer programming knowledge, but like, because I got in like eight years ago, I just developed that sense. And like, I have models and I have people that I've hired and stuff. Like it just became something I built upon itself. Um, and then you sort of become obsessed. Like once you're like kind of close to the best, you're like, well, what, what else am I capable of? Um, so it, it is an interesting, like weird way how like life sort of just depending on timing, you can get put in a sit, you know, totally different situation than someone else who's probably very similar to you. Um, like it, like all things considered. Did you know, did you know that I was one of the, the, like probably one of the highest ROI guys on draft day back in the day? Dude, really? I used to. I, I think I won the, I don't remember if it was $5 or $3, the Rose Ruckus. I won that like yeah. six times in like three weeks. <laughs> yeah, sick. Yeah, that was our basketball product. I mean, we we loved that. We loved running that site. Like, I don't know, what do you, you okay, so you, like, that's another really more, more very more important moment in my life. Like, at the end of the day, draft day lost out to DraftKings. We got our ass kicked. It really depressed me for a while because I was like, you know, these guys kind of, I mean, I won't get into too much about, you know, how they operated, but like they really bent the rules. A lot of the times they're super hyper aggressive. Um, and it really just like lifted the veil on how to succeed in business. Cause I loved working for draft day, the, the DFS site. I loved trying to figure out like what this industry was going to be like. That was one of the most rewarding things for me. And like, the things you do on a day-to-day basis for sports grid and, and whatever, like I know you've gotten into modeling, like, like are those things that you take with you as something you like as a personal point of pride or something you really like, or, or like look back on and say, wow, I'm, I'm really cool. At, like I'm really proud of the development I have. Or is that sort of just something that you see as like just your day job? Uh, figuring out how to do projections that don't suck yeah. considering my math yeah. background, I am super proud of. Like I am like, Look, I mean, if you use daily Roto last year, you were like, you were using my NFL projections. I don't, I don't do the NBA and the baseball stuff because that's more intense modeling. Um, And, and to be clear, Leone, who works for Establish the Run now built the bones of what exists on, on daily Roto. I would never take that away from him, but I was monitoring, you know, the, all the inputs and all that stuff last year uh, with, with Colin and with Andrew and like, I, I'm very proud that I was able to do that because like when they hired me, you know, that was not in what they expected me to be doing. Like I'm a TV guy, I'm a podcast guy. Like that's my, that's naturally what I'm good at. So like, I, I'm just very proud that I was able to do that and like not horribly oh, fuck great. it up. Like that's a big step yeah. for me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird how we all sort of, I think even Leone, I, I, I've seen like him come go from the same sort of very in like, 
unsophisticated starts, right? Like, I, I, I think he started very modestly. Like, I don't think he had, like, a su super strong analytics background, and he sort of developed that over time. And I think we all have gone down that journey. And that's what I think the valuable thing out of gambling is. Like, these sort of skills that we develop and the confidence that we gain from, like, that, that growth, I think those things, like, actually succeeding in gambling is one of the hardest things you can do. And, like, actually providing a product that's valuable and any of these things are like, like very rare and hard. And I think we all sort of need to like, I think we can easily find the negatives, but in, in gambling, but the positives there of like personal growth and overcoming challenges and all those things like can really lead us to a positive place. And that's, that's why I still want to hold on to aspects of gambling and, and keep those things going because I think, you know, it's like an invaluable skill set. Like not not just the individual skills, but just that self confidence that you can take something you knew nothing about and get to a high level at, and and you can reapply that sort of not you know that that pattern over and over again to different things. And so just while you were talking, it, it kind of brought up this idea to me that gambling is, and I am not one of these like liberty. You got to do it on your own. Don't take my freedom, people. But the, the, there, I am, I am one of the, I, no, I know you are. I know you are, but <laughs> I, I do think there is clearly value in being self-sufficient, right? Like, I, I think it would be, it would be it would, yeah. like, and I'm, I'm as big of a, a bleeding heart lefty as you're going to find out yeah. there in the world, but clearly there is value in being self-sufficient, being able to provide for yourself, taking risks on yourself and, and, and those risks paying off. Right. And, and gambling is one area where, if you fail, there there's not a safety net. You can lose. You can, no. there there's not a stop loss. You're gonna lose and lose and lose. Like there, and no yeah. one's gonna feel bad for you, and no one's gonna stop taking your money. If no. you're if you're if you're bad, you are gonna get taken advantage of, and that is. Uh, so so it's kind of like uh, you know, mother is the necessity of invention. Like you you figure things out. Yeah. Well, you you figure things out, or you die, or you stop gambling. Yeah, yeah it's the purest meritocracy out there. Like it literally, is you against the world and there's nothing that's going to define your wins and losses except your effort and like whatever like skill you want to assign a human individual but mostly just effort and overcoming challenges and the scariest thing about gambling is like i don't know did you play much poker like i know you do now a little bit but like did you're probably pretty young when it like poker kind of was booming yeah i i missed out on playing like the, you know, I didn't, I didn't get to come up with a nice little nest egg on, on a full tilt yeah. with everyone being bad, but my, my dad was actually really into poker. So I like, I watched all those, you know, all those old ESPN, like, uh, you know, the world series of poker and high stakes poker and all that. And I would play, I would play on his account every once in a while. He would, he would let me. Um, so I, I played a fair amount, but I, I didn't, uh, I didn't, you know, 18 table sit and goes to build my yeah. nest egg. Yeah. Yeah, so like I went through that as at a younger age, early twenties, and like when poker was easy, it was like the freest money uh, in the history of free money, and you're just like, well, this is never ending. You're young, you don't really assume that like you don't really even understand gambling. You don't you don't understand edges. You don't understand even why you're winning. You're like, I show up, I press buttons, I cash out, you know. So and then Black Friday happened, and it really. Well, then poker started to get hard and then Black Friday happened and then it was like, oh shit, like, you know, it all went away, right? And then a lot of people got caught with their pants down, like had a ton of money on a full tilt or just like over, like leveraged their future on, you know, that continuing. 
And so when I got involved in DFS, I went at it with a much more precautious um, mindset, always trying to kick my own ass at every level. Like, like, yeah, I, I, again, DFS in its early stages was quite, you know, easy, but I was always future focused, especially because I got older. And like, like you said, I got married, I had a kid, like you, you start to really worry about what's going to take this away from you. Right. And so I think the biggest secret with gambling is always try to like be hyper aware of like where you're missing out on edges, what other people are doing and try to kick your own ass like at every level. And, um, and I, I don't know really where I was going with that, but basically that you always have to be worried about where this is ending and then, or sorry, how this could end. And then, and then don't tie your entire, you know, well-being to succeeding in gambling because you never know. That's what with DFS, you just, you like when you're going through these downswings, sometimes you're just like, well, maybe this is just it. Like you, maybe this is, maybe I'm no good anymore or whatever. Like you don't know that you had like DFS edge is insane to define. Cause like one tournament defines your whole year sometimes. So you're like, well, am I good or am I lucky? So I don't know. It's, it's just a really healthy thing in gambling to be hyper aware of like, not maybe not, you know, where it might end and also just find other outlets in life to, to, um, to enjoy because it's, it can't all rely on one thing. Yeah. I mean, finding the, finding every last edge is kind of where the mental health stuff comes in, because if you truly are pressing every last edge and, you know, uh, mass entering the, the nine Oh five late slate start, like, you know, it's like, it's like, I don't know, maybe, maybe awesome. Maybe awesome. can do that. But like, I can't, I can't make myself mentally available. Like I, I, um, I stopped playing, showdown golf even though my my roi was good in showdown golf but i was like literally either on my computer you know on my laptop in bed at 12 o'clock at night or waking up at 5 30 in the morning to to create showdown teams for like you know six theoretical dollars or whatever and i was like this is it's yeah, not worth yeah, it know. like i just i'm not yeah. i'm just not gonna i'm just not and i'm not playing you know, I'm also not getting down like $10,000 on every slate, you know, it's so it's right. like, it's like my hourly on this was like, uh, it's so funny. Colin Drew was making fun of me the other day. He's like, dude, your hourly on these $5 best ball drafts is like worse than flipping yeah. burgers. But I'm like, that shit is fun for me. Like, I just love doing yeah. these drafts. So I don't care if my hourly is not great, but it, well, it is funny when you think of things in terms of like what your hourly expectation for them would be. For sure. And I think that's like the biggest trap with gambling is like coming to terms with your hour, like well, determining your hourly is tough anyways, but like, let's say you could do it. And, but like, if you're really, especially if you're really good at gambling, you, you become, well, first of all, you can now apply this skill set to anything. You say, well, maybe I'll gamble on like, like Osimo, you know, he's got this model. Now he can beat NASCAR with the exact same, you know, you know, model and then he can do league of legends he can do cs go or whatever and you know you start to you start to say to yourself you, you know you, you then you play every slate like you're saying all the showdowns all the little two gamers and you're saying because like you do this mental calculation in your head well like yeah i could go outside for a walk or i could go have dinner with my girlfriend but that's going to cost me like 275 dollars in, in equity or whatever and it's like well i would never pay 275 dollars to go on a walk so therefore i can't do it and I think a lot of these like really like math guys like Osimo, like they can't get past that. I'm not like trying to like shit on Osimo or anything, but like they can't get past that mental like EV co um, opportunity cost. 
where I, and I think that's the real challenge of how to escape from gambling it's because like how do you define what going on a walk is worth to you or like playing soccer or like you know or, or anything or building something like anything like cleaning up the dishes like you're, you're it's like everything becomes this weird internal cost-benefit analysis that you're like you can always justify gambling if you're good at it instead of doing yeah. almost any activity right so it's just like i just it's it's so hard to know where that line is and how to turn that off yeah the line the line is very unclear and i mean uh, it, it, even more so actually when you become like a tout or, or like a content creator, like I, I generate portions of my money just via having content, right? Th this podcast has a Patreon, uh, you know, people watch the TV show, people watch the Swolecast and all these things. So like some, something I, I toyed with doing during the pandemic was like, oh, like I should start streaming on Twitch. Like I'm playing all these video games anyways. I should, I should get the, I should get the setup and right. the, the camera and everything. And I should do that. And then I was like, yep. I don't know. This is one of the things I do to relax. Like I, I put, I put on yep. a podcast and I just zone out and I play video games. And like, do I want to have to turn my personality on to play video games? Yep. And, and, and like, no, I don't, I don't want to turn that into a monetization thing or like, uh, or, or like I, I, fucking love star wars like i love star wars and like i could i i, I was toying around with starting uh, a star wars youtube channel right like there's a lot of money yeah. in that there are youtubers i mean there are youtubers for everything who make so much money yeah. but i was like no like i just want to put on empire strikes back and go to bed and like just leave that yeah. there and so like when you when you enter into the the content creation space not only do you have like the the constant gambling light blurring but you also have like, oh, like, should I, this thing I enjoy as a hobby, should I monetize this somehow? And like some people, I mean, they just, they don't have anything for themselves because they monetize it all. Right. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's that finding that, I guess, like work-life balance. And it's like, it's becoming harder and harder to define because the internet provides you with so many opportunities for monetization. And it's just like, it's, it, it, it's something that like I've become obsessed with determining where that that balance is because like i go far too far the other way like almost like to myself detriment like foregoing financial opportunities and for my own mental health i suppose and it's like at some point i worry like 10 years down the road i'm like you know like if i like when i made a conscious choice not to get involved with like most of this NFT stuff or like the DeFi stuff. I was like, 10 years down the road, am I going to be like, not necessarily even foregoing a financial, you know, um, gain, but also like losing touch with the people that went down that road, you know, like losing contacts because like I didn't have the ability to communicate with people in, in that realm anymore. And it's just like, and if I just become this like man of the mountains, like searching for my soul, you know, re you know, reading books and walking through the forest, like where, what am I, Am I, am I, is there a risk there that I'm not addressing, you know, lose, you know, losing touch with sort of the, the financial world or sort of, you know what I mean? Like the ways that you can make money online. And it's just this huge challenge, you know, on both sides that I think, I don't know, I think it's, that's where the conversation needs to lead for, to all, for all of us who do these types of like online money-making things that like finding that balance between maintaining it long-term and also maintaining your sanity and not losing yourself to the gambling CTE 
that's the only question we should be asking ourselves every day. Yeah, but I, I think that's um, like I, I think that's just another trade off, right? Like the like if you lose yeah. touch with some people because they went down the DeFi wormhole and you can't get your brain around it, like that that's just another mental health trade off. Like I, I mean the the DeFi stuff is so fascinating. And I, and I do think, like, I mean, I, I definitely am a, a believer in decentralized finance. Like after my, after my whole experience trying to get a mortgage, like I, I'm, oh I'm ready. God. Yeah. I, I am ready yeah. to, to be done with yeah. banks forever. Like I don't ever want yeah, to deal with banks ever again. Yeah. Um, and, and, and DeFi will become more accessible and easier for, for people to use. Like literally every day it will be easier. Like right now you, you have to have a pretty good understanding of, Ethereum and gas and how everything works to do it. But like five years from now, there is going to be very easy ways to do DeFi lending and trading and everything that does not require advanced understanding at all. No doubt. Yeah. It's, it's, it's sort of like one of those things that you, like we all, anyone who's even like has a remote experience with it or understanding of both sides, the banking especially as a gambler and like someone like we both have gone through this process of, of trying to get mortgages. It sounds like, and you're trying to show assets that don't exist to them. And you're trying to show income that they don't count and all this bullshit. And you're like, like, I, I, I you know, I showed that I was, I was trying to show the bank, like all my crypto assets as like collateral basically. And they're like, no, nope, it doesn't exist. And I'm like, well, fuck, you know, like now you think I'm poor. Right. And it's like, these guys, it's such an antiquated system and you see this like thing on the horizon that will definitely like take over. And it's just like, you got to just ride out these swings um, in the meantime, as it like sort of evolves. But it's just a matter of how much you actually want to get involved in that world. Like, yeah, you could lose yourself in the DeFi world and you could probably, like I know both of us, if we just wanted to shift focus to solely understanding DeFi, we could become like multimillionaires, like just a lot on that alone, right? Like I, I know that's possible, but it's just like, well, how much, much more do you want to add to your life? And like, you can just get a nice chunk of it by investing in some, you know, DeFi tokens and like Ethereum and whatever. And, um, and then sort of just, you know, like passively, you know, get a benefit there. And uh, I think that's personally the way I've, I think it, it, it is the optimal way to go um, in my situation, but everyone's different. And I'm, I'm interested in everyone's story and trying to find out what like they're really trying to achieve. No, you are, you're right. Cause everyone's goals are a little bit different and I am comfortable just chunking my US dollars into Ethereum and just saying, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna check back in 10 years. Ethereum is gonna be trading way higher. The US dollar is gonna inflate and inflate and inflate. And I, I will be paid off. But is if I if I took all of the available capital I had right now and I was like, I'm gonna game this, I'm gonna figure I'm gonna do this as GTO as possible. Could I could I make six figures for the rest of the year if I tried? Sure. But like, I don't know. I and also this we haven't even gotten to to the the very heart of what this whole discussion really is about, which is how much is enough? What yeah. what does the disease yeah. of more like literally do to your soul? Right, like when when all yeah. you are worried about is making money, and like okay, what do you want to make the money for? Do you want to make the money to buy a nicer? Do you like your life? Like my life is fucking chill. Like I I got it. I like my life is like, do I have the best life in the world? No, but I am happy with the life I've created for myself. How much more do I need? What will more give me? And that's the razor's edge. 
It is the razor that just, I'm glad you brought that up because like, I think the best way to look at it, I don't know if there's a spiritual sense, but basically look at, take yourself 10 years ago and say to yourself, like, would I be proud of the person I am today? And it's just like, and like what, you know, compare what you thought you wanted 10 years ago to what you have now. And always look at things from like looking back that way. Like, cause like I, oh my God, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I'm doing so much better than I thought I would be. 10 years ago and like there's still moments where I catch myself like oh you know I, I'll lose like some stupid MLB slate you know you know for 100 grand or whatever and like I'll be in first and it's some late night home run you know takes me down and I'll be it'll still upset me and I'll be like like why like what the fuck you know do I need another 100 grand for like it's not going to change anything materially and and I think that like and I think that all these options and all really anytime one of those moments happen when we're like our, our mood and our emotions are totally defined and our goal and like what's driving us is purely a mon- monetary reason is like is, is where you need to take a step back and say okay let's examine this like from a spiritual perspective and look at it from like a whole, like t- like what you're actually getting out of this and what and what else do you want yeah. I mean, uh, look, 100K, I would love, I would love to bank 100K. Like, the, the, no, yeah. like, yeah, sure. Send, send it my way. But yeah, right. yeah. it's, yeah. it's the focus. It's the mental energy on how much mental energy oh. do you want to expend? Do you want to expend yeah. that mental energy on that when you could go read a book or go on a walk with your dogs or, or go to, go to dinner with your friends or whatever. And it's like, you know, those are, those are the trade-offs. And also, I mean, basically the trade-off I've made with myself to justify not gunning that hard. Like, I mean, I play DFS. I like to win at DFS, but like, I, I'm not going to live and die with the results because I'm telling, like, in, I'm like in my head in 20 years, I will have enough Bitcoin yeah. and Ethereum that I'm never going to have to work again. And that, and even if that's not true, even if that shit goes to zero, I, I would have, think I would make the trade anyway, just based off of the mental clarity that it gives me. And that's the same thing as like, basically you've made your, you know, you've made your educated decision and you're, you're putting your chips in the middle and however it runs out, you're going to be satisfied with. Right. And, but I, I think that's the, the other way to look at it. Yeah. In 20 years, like all these individual, you know, results aren't going to matter. It's, it's, it's where you're going to be mentally at in 20 years. And you want to be positioning yourself for like the most healthy, optimal future that you can provide, not just yourself, but like your surrounding family members, the people that you care about, your community, those types of things are going to end, um, end up mattering way more than like winning a random 25K in like a two, you know, two game show, whatever slate, um, you know, it's not going to matter. So you really have to check yourself out of those individual results and start to like position yourself into like, all right, what, what is actually, what am I going to care about in 25 years? Yeah. Well, or like what, what's it all? I mean, really, even again, at the end of the day, it's even more so than like the money stuff. It's like, well, what's, what are we here for? What is, what is your life even mean? What are we here for? What does your life mean? How does gambling interact with what you are even on this planet for to begin with in the first place? What does being happy mean? What makes you happy? Are you happy? Can you be happy? You know, all, all of these truly big questions interact with gambling and gambling for sure, right? Whether it be poker, whether it be, you know, spraying bets on the British Open, uh, DFS, all of these things, you know, what, what really 
like you're the, the happy dude, it's got to come from inside you. Like external, external things can't give you that, that true sense of, of calm and peace, you know, which is true. Yeah. You're speaking my language. And I just wanted to say one more thing. I think gambling, we have to really give it credit for, for providing the opportunity for all of us to live the independent lifestyle, to be self-sufficient and to allow yourself the time to ask yourself those questions, right? Like financial independence allows your, gives yourself the privilege to sort of ask yourself those questions of what really matters at an earlier yeah. age than a lot of people get to. And, you know, we have to give it credit for that. And like, we just can't allow ourselves to get lost in gambling for the sake of gambling and, and getting those dopamine hits and, 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 and not moving past that sort of initial thrill that we get from it. So, I mean, the meaning of life and all that stuff, probably going to be a topic for another <laughs> um, podcast, but I really, it, it's definitely what I'm leading towards like this, this whole discussion. So, yeah. Yeah. Because that is like what, what you're saying is the, the true gift really of, of a career in gambling, which is that it allows you more time. It allows, like it allows you more time to think about these things. It allows you more independence to think about these things. And also I think also you, you are using your brain a little bit more actively. Like, you know, a lot of, a lot of jobs, you are not really required to actively use your brain. You kind of just, you, you get used to the flow and the rhythm and you're not like, you know, thinking on your feet. You're not, you're not always engaged with what you're doing. And that is kind of one of the gifts. I mean, even, even in like my work work, like when I'm uh, like working on the spreadsheets or when I'm on a TV show or whatever, like that's still like, I need to actively be thinking. I can't just like autopilot through those things. And that is like, that is a big gift. I think of, of that culture. For sure. And it's like, it's the same thing. It's like, what's, what's driving each other is like pushing yourself to get to that mental state is what makes you a good gambler. And then, you know, it sort of evolves from there. And I guess the only, I just want to continue to say that the only, there is something is too much of that for sure, where you can drive yourself totally insane um, with the mental sort of, it's like, I, I, I often like, will equate it to like, you know, during like a math test where you're just so laser focused in on like the reality of what you're doing. And it's so exhausting to, and that's what sometimes gambling feels like to me, especially working with spreadsheets, especially with a time crunch, like before NBA and all that, you're just like so exhausted that I really feel like there is a point where a lot of this stuff becomes very unhealthy for your brain. Um, and just in terms of total exhaustion. So there's a, there's such thing as too much of that. Yeah. Your, your brain, your brain, like, uh, you know, uh, uh, like Sunday at noon, like when they, yeah. when the game, when the oh. game start, I'm like, fuck dude. Yeah. Like I just, just like, I, I honestly, honestly, what I do is I, I, I just get takeout and just fucking sit on the couch and just like melt and get yeah. fat. But I, cause I'm yeah. just like, I can't do, I cannot do anything else. I cannot give any more than what I just did. There is nothing. Yeah. That's, that, that's the sign of, you know, you get, you, I think you're doing it right. Cause like it requires that level of effort. Like it, it no matter what you're, no matter how you're approaching it, like football is so intense and it's all like at one time at one period of, of on, on a Sunday and like, that's the only way to do it optimally. But yeah, if, if you're not taking that moment to just veg out and re like 
recharge your batteries a little bit. Like if you, like, I don't know how some of these guys like Mock Lovin and Osimo do it. Honestly, I don't know how they do it. Like they're there grinding the, every little individual slate in between. We're talking the three gamer, the four gamer, the two gamer, the showdown, cash games, GPPs, all, both sites, all sports. They're doing like, I'm just, they're doing, and Osimo just touting in between. I'm like, ah, like I just, I have no idea how these guys get away with it. I mean, they're, they're built different, man. Like there are, there are they just are some people there who are just like, yeah. that is that, that, I mean, you know, that gives them joy. Like they're the, when they're, when they're in there optimizing their stuff, like they're like that, that gives them the serotonin. For sure. Yeah. And uh, you gotta just respect that. Or just like you say, you know, everyone, like you said, everyone's paths different and everyone's doing this for slightly different reasons. And it's all about figuring out what those reasons are, I think. Yeah. All right. Uh, any, anything else on your notes that we didn't get to? No, honestly, we like I, I can't even believe I printed it out like a total boomer. Um, it's just like I don't even know, but uh, yeah, we got through them all, and I really thought this was a really positive conversation. I'm glad that we got this discussion out there. Yeah, hey man, I I knew I knew eventually once I I drug you on that it was going to be good. I I find that the the best versions of this show are either when it's a it's a a great gambler right like there there was a great episode a while back people haven't listened to it with with wiggins and with dinkmeyer that i think people nice. would would like to listen to and then the other one yep. is when there's someone who i just love like when it's just someone who just blows my like when laird comes on or when like some author who wrote some yeah. amazing book like i think those episodes That's people cool. like the most yeah. cool well i hope people enjoy yeah. this and i hope people get a little i hope they take a second to think about what's what's going on with their lives yeah <laughs> Look, if we if we can inspire right. someone to take a second to think, I think that would be good. So, uh, uh, yeah, and you don't even have anything to tout or promote here at the end of the show, which no, is just, great. Just just mental health, baby. Mental health. All right, everyone. We yeah. will uh, we'll be back next week.